south of the border Down Mexico way That's where I fell in love When the stars above came out to play And now as I wander My thoughts ever stray South of the border Down Mexico way Hello, welcome to the Court of the Three Movie Podcast for Rambo Last Blood. My name is Tom Chick. I'm here with Christian Mulrinsky. I would like to be known as Juanito Moroski. <laughs> and with a Last Blood tagline, finally, at last, Kelly Wand. <laughs> this thing would make a billy goat puke. I don't understand oh, that. That sounds more like a review than a tagline. I thought it'd go way over your head, but I thought Dingus would get it. Okay, what's well, one for me that, that I would understand? I'm sure when Richard Crenna in the first movie goes, he'd eat things that make a billy goat puke when he's describing all Rambo's yeah. superpowers. Dingus now remembers. Tom still doesn't remember Richard Crenna. All right, let's continue. No, I, neither does the uh, montage at the end of the movie. I'm just really upset about that. Oh. I, yes, that's true. <laughs> but Kelly Wan, we're in tagline territory. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Give us more taglines. Rambo Last Blood has got to be worth at least two taglines. The third Godfather 3 of the Rambo trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one I didn't understand, one I quite enjoyed. Is there like a weaker one that we can end on on that note? Finally, Rambo acts his age. Rockin' chair and killin' Mexicans. That's what old men do now. I mean, that wasn't even a joke. That was an actual, that, that was an actual tagline for the movie. There was, I like... I think you're stuck on labels, man. The tagline. Okay, look. Here's a good one. I like yes. this. But this okay. You have to pick, for this one, you have to picture one of those posters that Cynic used to make. Like, this is on the movie poster. Okay. Wait, this exists? <laughs> Wait, that's the tagline. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. No, yeah. I like that quite a lot. All right. Rambo, well, Last Blood. Wait, this exists. Right. On the poster. With him, like... I know he looks different in this movie. He doesn't look like Rambo. I didn't realize the character looked different from Rocky till this movie. Oh, Jesus. Well, you know, hold that thought. Hair. Let's All let's right. have Dingus just give us the basics about the movie. Then we'll get into these kind of spoiler conversations. Yeah, this is pretty advanced stuff I'm talking right. about. Right. So hold that thought. <laughs> Stillness just alone space. Dingus, what, what, ha- what happened this week? Well, this week we saw Rambo colon Last Blood, <laughs> also known as Rambo V. And Rambo V colon Last Blood, a 2019 American action adventure thriller sequel movie about the unsung plight of the overprotective man. It was directed by Adrian Grunberg and written by Matthew Cyrilnik and Sylvester Stallone with story credit to him and Dan Gordon based on characters by David Morrell. It stars Sylvester Stallone, Paz Vega, Yvette Montreal, Oscar Hinata, Sergio Perez Menchada, and Adriana Barraza. I think her name is just Yvette Montreal. I don't think she's named after the city, if I'm not mistaken. I like Montreal. Or she misspelled it. I'm sure you do. <laughs> you, don't say, you don't say the second T in Toronto, either. That's a good uh-huh. point. Rambo Last Blood is rated R for strong graphic violence. <laughs> Those gris- are two separate adjectives. Yeah. Grizzly images, drug use, and language. Kelly Wan, is there anything missing from that that, parent, that the MPAA didn't inform parents of? I found a lot of OSHA violations this time, Tom. <laughs> Example, <laughs> I noticed improper usage of nails, pitchforks, <laughs> doors music, Mexico, and film equipment. Oh, come on. I love bad things. Well, oh, really? Well, before we get into I'm gonna that, Kelly I'm going to try and defend it. I'm going to try and defend it. Well, before we do that, Kelly Wan, I, I, I think this is a movie that was made for a synopsis. So yeah, That's true. Kelly <laughs> It really was, wasn't it? it I, and I can't wait. So, Kelly Wand, we need from you a synopsis of Rambo, Last Blood. Uh, what would you call such a thing, Kelly Wand? Oh, I thought you were just going to say it. I was excited because you were on the right track. <laughs> Nothing changes for a long time. 
That's your hint. You oh, so the the Rambo last bloodopsis? It's fine. <laughs> it's blopsis, but whatever. Blopsis, right? You, you be that guy. <laughs> Rando last blopsis. Now I like yours more. That's what's annoying me even worse. Rambo last bloodopsis. Some words are all Balboa Productions. Beside me, Mr. T's all boo sucker. Some patriotic words are all Rambo last bloodopsis. I lean over to the machete sitting beside me as naked Arnold sits down on it. Uh. The classical romanticist fast the expendables to your hand job. The tiny rubber fist man, Sylvester Stallone, saved the black man he didn't like, Demolition Man, from the train. And then we all have beers at the bar. The expendables own on the weekends. And then we get guns and knives. And we go hunt down Kevin Costner for stealing the best picture Oscar from Goodfellas. <laughs> Convinced he watched the whole thing now. But. Uh, when I'm all, oh, Snipes is in it? I just thought it'd be a nice gesture to Native Americans for them to care more about the Academy Awards. Like Dingus says, I'm our Brando. Meanwhile, a sheriff walks up to Rambo. Well, that girl you tied to a rock choked on that rope you tied around her throat. Nice work, Rambo. Also, the rock got away. A wet blonde chick bursts from the back of an ambulance. Hey, mister, thank you. I never really liked my sister. I just want this country to love it as much as we love us. Beside (laughs) me, Talia Shire rolls her eyes. Rocky makes the cop extras watch him ride his horse. He drives his horse trailer to someone's stable and puts his horse to bed. Then he pops some steroids and stares off into the night. Beside me, Stallone's all, the horse did punch up. Later at Rambo's farm kitchen. <laughs> Donde esta la biblioteca? Si. Yo soy soy coffee avec una cucaracha. Beside <laughs> me, Jade gets dredged. By the way, I speak English. I heard the news. People died. Something about mud and a fool on horseback. I couldn't save them, especially the ones I killed. So I couldn't shoot my brothers during the war. Characterized brothers, by the way. The Rambo brothers. They was asking me if I was still gay now. You cannot save wars by saying stupid bullshit about nothing. You are not in the war anymore. You are only in your head. I said, you are only in your head, Rambo. (laughs) A brain like mine's hard to turn off. That's what my horse says. You remind me of your father, Connor, Martha, Rambo. Never thinking, always talking. Same smell like old shoe. I drank the brains from his still beating skull. You both like to sit in rocking chairs and listen to Doors music. I'm going to go sleep in the stable again. Horse poo's pillowy. Rambo sits at a bar and stares at his fist until he falls asleep. Or as he calls it, Thursday. The next morning, he takes pills and washes them down with bourbon. Beside me, Gerard's all, Oh, he has a pill problem all of a sudden. (laughs) Rambo makes his horse do donuts while the Rambo theme plays. Sadly. La 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 Rambo has a yardstick nailed to his door jab. We look at some pictures on the wall of him posing with extras graduating remedial acting school. Rambo! Oh, you're wearing your pants for once, thank God. How did you sleep? I didn't see Shabby's car. She's going to college. Oh, you like horses. Rambo gets bored with the maid and wanders around in a cave. Finds a leak, so he nails a board into it. Some spiders fall on his face. Rambo has a flashback to the night before, finding a perfectly good rain slicker in mud. Then he has a flashback of second unit footage from Platoon. He finishes masturbating, then goes into his smithy and angrily hammers a scimitar that he accidentally burned. (laughs) A teenage Latina trips down the stairs. Hey, did you get rid of those stupid horses? Here, I made you a, a letter opener. Ow, fuck! (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's more of a letter burner. 
He makes her watch him hammer a pipe into some hay. <laughs> I'd go last night. Grandma told me what happened. It's not your fault. You tried. Just like when you burn the turkey at Thanksgiving and get Carter. Hey, want to watch me ride a horse? No. <laughs> go put your boots on. They ride horses. By the way, I don't even know what my major is. Yeah, I couldn't come up with anything for this scene. Do you know what you wanted to be when you were a young woman? Yeah, I wanted to be a boxer. I mean country singer. I mean judge. I mean soldier. Anyway, I killed some cops because they touched the hair. At my age? Even before your age. You're 38, right? It's going to be real quiet around here without you asking about my backstory. <laughs> Sounds blissful. I'm sure I'll survive. By the way, I have a friend named Antonia. We promised we'd do something dumb tonight. Just make all your friends come here. Remember what happened last time I brought girlfriends over? You just stared at them. It wasn't intentional. Make them hang out with you in my creepy tunnels. <laughs> Whoa, you never let teenagers party in your tunnels, Rambo. <laughs> Just don't go near the booby traps. Oh, you, Uncle Rambo. I'm going to miss watching you ride, especially from behind. That night, Rambo's maids all. You never let me fuck in the tunnels, pendejo. <laughs> Rando, Rambo ignores her and sits on his rocking chair, listening to the rap coming from the tunnels. Uh, yeah, Rambo 5. The boy tries to kiss Shabby, but she's all, ugh, ugh. Whoa, you drew this goat on the wall? I feel like its eyes are following me. Um, it's a tree. The next morning. <laughs> Thanks for Tunnel Palooza, Uncle Rambo. I'm the most popular girl in school now. Although I'm going to college, so it won't really matter. By the way, I want to go to Mexico and see my father. No! <laughs> I keep a lid on it every day. As long as I'm around, he's never going to hurt you again. Unless I let his guys ambush me on a roof. <laughs> Uncle Rambo, I'm 17. I know what I'm doing. No, Mexico sucks. <laughs> MAGA. Hillary's emails. Uh, I, she meant to say I, I didn't why it wasn't. I lean over to the robot from Rocky Four sitting beside me and go, why doesn't he just go with her? It says something sexy Burt Young programmed. Later, in Rambo's pickup, Uncle John, sorry I was being a bitch earlier wanting to verify in person that my dad sucks. Let me know if you want me to bring you any tequila back from TJ. I mean, bye. Just got to drive down the road here. Uh, wait for you to turn your back. You're a good uh, niece. She drives off. Later, asshole on the leg. She swears and breaks, then turns around and heads the other direction while Rambo remains standing by his truck, watching curiously. <laughs> Later, asshole again. <laughs> Shabby reaches the border crossing. Hi, I need to see if my dad's evil. <laughs> Couldn't do it by phone. They wave her through. While sinister music plays, she drives past Mexican old ladies and serapes and a yawning donkey. She finds a red building with a blue door and knocks. <laughs> Giselle! You bring the bracelet? Sweet. Nice house, huh? I, you, you looking at me. You think I'm some fucking psychiatrist? What? No, I'm surprised you even managed to pronounce it. I was kidding, whore. Now take off your clothes so I can brand you. What? Shabby, I was kidding. God, you're so paranoid. <laughs> that night after Shabby talks to her dad and comes back crying. Hey, how'd talking to dad go? Isn't he great? <laughs> Talk mean and dumb to me. Like a Rambo villain. I know, right? <laughs> God, I can't wait to steal your bracelet. I mean, speaking of, let's party. We go to a nightclub. A guy in a hat asks Shabby to dance, but she's all, Ugh, no, since the hat reminds her of Rambo. Someone Cosby's her drink. Meanwhile, in some stables. Tango, I mean Rambo, listen to this radio. I have a bad feeling about what the newscaster's about to say. 
And in Mexican beverage news, a Latina ingenue related vaguely somehow to noted cop murderer and tunnel enthusiast John Rambo was Cosby last night in a nightclub, now a prostitute. Her father, noted Mexican gang lord Chalupa Condios, had this to say. Like father, like daughter, I say. Wait, I just called myself a prostitute? Rambo, we need to call the embassy. I'm pretty sure abduction's illegal. Newscasters can't do shit. I got this. He gets in a truck and peels out, blowing dust in her face. Then, while patriotic music plays, he drives angrily to the store to get some snacks. His mailbox stares at us. Rambo tries to sleep while he drives, then drinks some pills. Beside me, Gerard's all, Did that already! (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, in Mexico, Shabby farts awake in a wages of sin room. Hey, Mamacita, you work in this bordello now. Because <laughs> your father's powerful patron. We talk extra mean and dumb to you. Here's my daughter. She works here, too. Jimma, when did the men get here? Oh, I got an itch that needs scratching. Oh, God. Feels infected. Meanwhile, Rambo knocks on Shabby's dad's door. What? Uh, my name's uh, Rambo. She not here, essay. What the? Shit. Fucking neck ten years ago. The villain looks sad. There's no beating Rambo verbally. He watches while Rambo accidentally loses his pill bottle over the stairs. <laughs> Later, Giselle, where's Shabby? By the way, my name's Rambo. We went somewhere to drink. We got separated because I drank too much. What happens every night? Why are you wearing a bracelet? She gave it to me. What? Everything. Every night. This was her horses. Rambo stabs her table. That night outside the club. Can't go in there. People know me. You gotta go in there. You do what I say. I'll put a bullet in your head. Also, are these pants okay? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go into that club. Don't dance. Rambo wanders around the club doing nothing till the star of Tom's favorite rom cop, Spanglish, stares at him. <laughs> he doesn't notice. He's not into her at all. Rambo's brain's all... I gotta keep a lid on it. <laughs> I know how black a man's heart can be. Yeah. At a nightclub, these are the things I always think. Giselle points at a Mexican David Cross. That's the guy on the couch. What? Are we cool? Fuck off. And when you're done with that, get out of here. Rambo somehow gets lost and walks up some stairs. He finds some garbage, so he takes another route. On different stairs. Beside me, Stallone stands up. Don't worry, it's only half over. Rambo walks onto a roof and is immediately surrounded by Mexican gunmen. What was my plan? I was going to build booby traps out here. Can you guys come back later? Uh, I mean... You mean my, uh, maid's niece? Whoa, nice knife, essay. Who you think you are? Chuck Norris in Missing in Action? Way different franchise, Garbanzo. Uh, I don't speak words. The Mexican villain takes out his wallet. Here's a picture of my daughter. Why you? They all beat up Rambo while he cries and goes, Jesus. You know how when he falls through the tree branches and first first blood? Jesus. Eventually, Mexicans get bored by Rambo's moans of agony. Let her go. They take his driver's license. John Rambo. <laughs> they all laugh at his David picture. Gonna learn essay. What happens in Mexico happens in Mexico. First somewhere, we're gonna play a little game Gerard Butler taught me. Called tic-tac-toe. They scar at exit is cheap. Gary, the mob from Spanglish is parked nearby. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Spanglish somehow drives off the gangsters, then gets Rambo into her passenger seat, and then drives him to her apartment upstairs, and then gets him at her couch off screen. Meanwhile, Mexican Gary forgets how tic-tac-toe's played and draws an X on Shabby's face also. Shabby lies in bed, sighing miserably, wishing she'd given the -the over-the-top reboot a second look instead. Meanwhile, (laughs) Spanglish's comical old friend who thinks he's a doctor treats Rambo's injury makeup. This man is in terrible condition. Uh, so many steroids. Uh, look how short his legs are. Ugh. 
Later, in Spanglish's medical recuperation dining room, <laughs> Rambo farts awake, screaming, A protest is burning my boxing shorts! Oh, while I'm wearing them! He panic farts at the sight of a scowling Latina. Who are you? My name in your tongue is Spanglish. I played a maid in that film. It really opened doors. Your truck is in my garage, by the way. I guess the bad guys left you the keys for it, and then I drove it here to my home somehow. After I brought you here... <laughs> Fix that later, Rambo, in post. I'm a reporter for Telemundo or something. <laughs> How long have I been here? Four days. Four days? That's pretty good for me. No, I meant F-O-R. number is more like 200 days. You sleep and fart a great deal. Spanglish, help me save Shabby. I always have a female sidekick or Brian Dennehy. <laughs> no, okay. Rambo tricks a guy into opening a door. Rambo tricks a guy into opening a door by suspiciously hiding his face with his hand so that the guy behind the door cannot see it. Then he kills a bunch of guys with a hammer. Then he looks at a naked girl and goes, Get out! Thank you, American Hammer Murderer. Nothing bad shall befall me running naked through the streets of this slum. Rambo finds Shabby and sees the scar on her cheek. It has hairs growing out of it like Brundlefly. She also has some elven runes carved on her arm. Some Mexican characters say angry things in Spanish. One's got a mustache. Rambo drives Shabby around in his dump truck. You came back. I'm not sure about back since I'm not a Mexican resident, Shabby. Here, I got your bracelet. He holds up Giselle's severed hand. What's upon... A time. Mm. Loving. So much life. So many things you gotta do, you'll never know. When love was lost, I saw something, didn't think I'd see anymore. In this world, sometimes things happen in life. But I had a family and never thought. Suddenly, he realizes she's died of boredom. Shabriel! <laughs> Shabby! Shabby, no! Shabby, your life, I like the tattoo, actually, I like, I guess maybe I got the bracelet now, my snake. Eventually, he finds some no parking signs. He drives through them. Beside me, Mr. Glass is all, classic Rambo parking. <laughs> this looks like a good spot to bury, uh, wait, my place has more dirt in it. He drives back to the farmhouse, but when he parks in the driveway, he absentmindedly leaves the girl's body in the truck. <laughs> So the maid has to run past him all the way to it, shrieking and wailing. Yeah, can you get that? <laughs> Bring her to the door. I'll wait here by the door and watch. Get back into it. Uh, on the upside, I did bring her back. Uh, and she got to experience love. You have any chili? He admits, puts a medal on Shabby's gravestone. It's a bronze. Well, you may not have made it to college, Shabby, but at least you were honored for your prostitution. Oh, Rambo, at least we're still together and we have each other during this dark time. <laughs> There's nothing here for me. Bye. <laughs> he hugs her while she gets in the driver's seat of the truck. <laughs> Wait, you're taking my truck. <laughs> Helping you? Como esta, Rambo? Somalia tostada. Uh, I don't speak. The maid drives off honking. Later, pendejo! <laughs> While vengeful patriotic music plays, Rambo sketches triangles and welds things and hammers and nails incorrectly. <laughs> I lean over to Danny Trejo sitting beside me and go, be funny if none of his traps work. He says something gruff, but dumbly endearing. Meanwhile, Rambo smashes through Spanglish's window. Rambo, did you save the girl? Yeah, I did. Um, well, she's dead, so I saved her from life. I might have banged her head a little hard when I put her in the truck. I told you, girls are dangerous. I don't want to help you again, idiot. You have to. When I look at a face so innocent, I want it to feel grief. I want this armpit to be the last thing they'll ever smell. And I know you want it. Smell it, too. They have blood all over us. I... They have sex. Then she stares at a candy skull. 
There's a poorly lit montage of Rambo springing out of boxes and closets to stab startled Mexicans. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my audience chats. Then to end the montage, Rambo listens angrily while Spanglish takes a shower gargling. The next day, some cops find Spanglish's headless body tied to a bed. Rambo drives away honking. And you have no forensic evidence it was me at all. And then the head falls out of his pickup's flatbed onto the street. (laughs) That happened in the movie. Mexican cartels get mad. Spanglish is one of their favorite journalists and nightclub customers. Rambo sends his horses off to die of thirst in the desert. (laughs) Get out of here! (laughs) Fuck you! Then he makes chemicals while more vengeful patriotic music plays. Then he visits Shabby's gravestone while sad music plays. Beside me, Stallone stands up. I didn't write the music for these montages, just the dialogue. Um... Eventually sits back down. The Mexicans in black SUVs somehow get across the border with all their guns and come to Rambo's farm. Stallone leans over to me. See, they knew my address was because they stole my driver's license when they beat me up. (laughs) Structure. I'm all, wait, your character's been driving back and forth across the border throughout Act 2 without a driver's license? Stares at me. One of the evil SUVs runs over a paperclip. Rambo's farm explodes. (laughs) Get him! Hey, guys, I'm just going to open this front door here. No take check through the windows. <laughs> Rambo pokes his head out of trap doors in the straw like a psychotic mole and shotguns them. He shotguns them from long range, giggling, while they shake their fists. Still shaking their fists, they go down into his tunnels. Guys, look, a tripwire. <laughs> Rambo tiptoes past them as he drops a carbide and bullets trickle from his pant legs, farting. Then to terrify the Mexicans, Rambo brings out the big guns, Doors music, because he loved Jim Morrison's take on Vietnam. Eventually, okay, guys, I think we could be doing better. Um, Sean, when he stabbed you with the spear through that hole in the wall, remember, you can see through the holes, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. You, oh. fuck. You're right, shit. <laughs> and Georgie, when you see tripwires, you don't trip them. <laughs> and why call them that? Hey, look, a bunch of nails on a catapult. <laughs> <laughs> Another guy steps out of thumbtack John Krasinski left behind. He's <laughs> a lame carpenter, as Tom noted. <laughs> Or Diggis. Forget. And he falls back out of a whoopee cushion and fake vomit. Beside me, Macaulay Culkin and Captain Phillips yawn. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rambo tricks the villain by giving him a walkie-talkie. And then going into it. All dead. All of them. I could have killed you ten times. You suck. Fuck you. No. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> Beside me, Gerard's all, yeah! (laughs) Don't let him say it last to you. Note to self, get walkie-talkies on way home. Rambo did make it look easy. You want to live? Yeah, this is part of my plan. You want to live? Follow the lights. Uh. Rambo blows up the rest of his farm and most of Arizona, then shoots a bunch of arrows at David Cross at his barn, then sits in his rocking chair as his pancreas bleeds out. I lived in a world of death, a part of my mind lost along the way. My home where I was born, the only failure I've ever known. All the ones I've ever loved, I will fight to keep the memory alive forever. Rambo rocks in his chair, 
Beside me, Al Pacino slubs to the floor, scattering oranges everywhere. Some words <laughs> tell me who didn't work on Creed. The end. Kelly wants exactly what I wanted. Thank you. It's a little long compared to the movie. I was so eager for it, I forgot to tell you guys. It's at 29 on both Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. It got a B on CinemaScore, which is not very good. Uh, and it opened at number three with $19 million. It was beat by Downton Abbey and uh, Ad Astra. So yeah. those, those are the stats. Downton Abbey beat Ad Astra and this. That's yeah, so yeah. Crazy. 30, $31 million for Downton Abbey, and then Ad Astra and Rambo Last Blood were neck and neck at about $19 million each. But it looks like Ad Astra pulled slightly ahead. So, all right, uh, Dingus, you go first. What's a movie that's better than this? Movie that's not quite as good as this. And what's your uh, your takeaway? And then throw it over to Kelly Wand. All right, uh, the movie I would say is not as good as this is a movie called Universal Soldier: The Reckoning. And Universal Soldier: The Reckoning is the fourth, although the second is often disregarded. Um. Universal Soldier, The Reckoning, is one that uh, Soren Hoagland keeps trying to get us to do. Um, and it's like the guy who directed it, uh, directed a Universal Soldier movie after seeing part of a Nicholas Winding Refn movie and just sort of threw some of those images in. Uh, it's just a dumb revenge thriller with people just screaming and punching each other and it's entirely predictable. And uh, speaking of predictable, over this I would put Taken. Uh, I like <laughs> Taken to a certain extent, mainly because Liam Neeson has a certain weird uh, phlegmatic charisma about him um, that Stil Sylvester Stallone is just, he just seems distracted by his own boredom. Uh, and uh, this movie is just entirely predictable. Um, to uh, an almost disgusting what uh, does disgusting uh, extent. Who's next? Kelly or Don? Uh, Kelly, take it away. What's a movie that's better than this? A movie that's not quite as good. Quickly tell us what you thought and throw it over to me. I was actually su surprised the daughter died, um, but not pleasantly. <laughs> uh, but I kind of approach this the way Degas did, like in terms of just period piece revenge thrillers from the 80s, which Rambo wasn't really a member of. But my favorite movie like this, that this movie I think was trying for, is uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, the Chuck Norris movie with Barbara Carrera. Um, that's like a cool movie to see with your dad. And then uh, my least favorite movie of this genre is Born American with Chuck Norris's son, Mike Norris, and they get captured by Russians and it's really boring. Um, yeah, uh, it's um, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, Tom, <laughs> it is what it is. Kelly, want you're better than that. Uh, so I, I, my, what fascinated me about this movie is the optics of the white guy massacring Mexicans. So uh, my over and under are movies that want you to think foreigners are scary, that, that foreign countries are, are scary. Uh, and I'll just go ahead and tip my hand. I, I kind of like this, and I thought it was dumb but effective. I'll explain that in a second. But movies that tell you that, that foreign countries are scary and there's people over there who want to kill and rape you. And uh, The under is, of course, Eli Roth's horrible, wretched, just junk uh, hostile movies. So this is way better than them. This is not as good as a movie that I've mentioned recently because I recently rewatched it. Uh, it's a director named Sebastian Silva, and he's actually Chilean. Uh, and he's done a couple of movies in Chile with Michael Cera. This is a movie with Michael Cera, Juno Temple, um, Emily Browning, called Magic Magic, which is very – and I forget if I've said this on the podcast or not. Uh, it, it's really just subtle and – uh, th there's a very Polanski quality to it, and it's ultimately about how scary it is to be in a foreign country. Uh, and I really like Magic Magic a lot. So I'm not bracketing it at all. The hostile movies are just irredeemable trash. I don't think there's anything to recommend them. Magic Magic is, I, I think, just very close to being a brilliant, understated horror movie. And this is... So the reason I was into this, I, I feel the entire movie, all of Rambo Last Blood, is a setup for the finale, of course. Yes. Uh, and because it's a successful finale, it's this over-the-top grindhouse violence motivated by really cheap exploitation and just the finest grindhouse 
tradition. Because of the successful finale, because I think it works, I like the movie overall. So uh, it's, it's so much setup, dude. So much setup. So much that. setup. I agree uh, with you. Yeah. But it, and it's dumb, but it's effective. And yeah, the the setup. It's just not enough compared to the other Rambo movies. It's so short on the action. It's good. Well, it's all for one. It's all for the one scene, really. Uh, it's a montage. Yeah, I know. I just can't they not the montage, switch the, those numbers back. The, the, the tunnel massacre, even the montage, like right. that's part of the brilliance of the tunnel. Brilliant. Well, that's part of why I think the tunnel massacre <laughs> is so effective because there's for every shot in the montage, there's going to be a payoff in the tunnel massacre. Uh, so it it clumsily sets up the tunnel massacre, and eventually it does some kind of clever things like introducing bits with the montage and then having them pay off. But you do have to sit through a lot of just really tedious, over-earnest so storytelling to get there. Yeah, which I, I, I personally, I didn't, I didn't mind it that much. I mean, it's, no, I, it, it's as funny. a Rambo movie. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's hilarious. I, I think bad. I have more affection for the first two movies than you do. Like as a Rambo movie. Well, it's I, I, I so I, I want you guys to talk about the first two because it's a, it's a different time. It's a different Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I don't, it's a different. Yeah. Uh, just fil- movies work differently. Uh, and this is this weird attempt to lift an icon from the 80s, and it was the same with the last Rambo movie, by the Make way. Make it topical. And yeah, yeah, what do you what do you do it in uh, the 21st century? You know, how do you make that guy fit? And really, you don't. Uh, you instead change the story and just drop him in the middle of it. Uh, just make right. it a, a dumb like cheap. Die Hard. Uh, die Hard's but a good comparison, Kelly Wand. Yeah. Because yeah. it starts out. That's the thing. Is like. And that's why the Die Hard movie, the new ones, bum, bum me out. Is like they should, like the first ones are really good, and they're about a character that are, that's really interesting. And First Blood, the thing that's interesting to me about his arc is like he starts out killing white people, he kills a, a bunch of cops, and that's his. And so they take him out of prison to go kill people in other countries for them, and so that's his redemption arc is that he kills foreigners in their land. He goes to their countries and does it. He's so he really an assassin. He doesn't huh? kill a bunch of cops, though. The first guy dies because he falls out of a helicopter because he's a moron. And then he injures all the other cops, including David Caruso, and he lets Brian Dennehy know, I could have killed every one of them if I wanted to, and I didn't. Yeah, they do push him. No, that's true. I thought he killed a couple by accident. Nope. He's, he's very careful about it. So he's it. blameless. Well, he's... <laughs> He's being hunted, and he stops them from hunting him, and he says, I could have killed them, and I didn't, and you're lucky I didn't. Would you like me to go back and do that? Because I can. Um, And I think that's partly why it's such a different time, too, is because that's what heroes were like back then, I think. And this this Rambo gets monologues about how humanity is evil and black-hearted, and he's – you know he has he has no hope, no optimism. Like this Rambo right. here, I think wouldn't like it. Nobody would write him into this situation, but I think this Rambo here would have no compunction about killing crooked or ineffective cops. Uh, th- this Rambo here is a force of destruction who's been put through so much. You know he's gone through whether you want to talk about like 9/11 or the invasion of Iraq. Like he's lost any innocence that he had as an 80s action hero, and he's now just the bleakest, most cynical outlook on the world that is just waiting to be unleashed for some violent revenge fantasy. Uh, that Rambo was very different than this one, uh, I feel. This guy goes and gets ambushed instantly, but he gets captured in – like he gets captured in First Blood Part 2 because he gets betrayed by his own people, and that's like a huge subplot. But in this, he's just dumb. Like he's not thinking – like why doesn't he use his badass tactics on he's getting for the first time? It really is weird writing, isn't it? That he d- yeah. does something so stupid and he has no response to it either. <laughs> like he doesn't. No. Like we're no... not supposed to be thinking that. Right. Exactly. Like I, there's no plan or like I thought surely there's going to be some turnaround and some yeah. plan and something would. But no, he just gets his ass kicked and he could have just as easily gotten killed. Like yeah. what? Th- th- did Rambo what? get dumb as well? That's how Rambo well? goes out. Right. 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 Yeah. And the movie doesn't have plans for anything. I mean, he he asks. Uh, Paz Vega, he says, I, I really need your help. I can't do this alone. <laughs> and she does nothing to help him. She does nothing to help him, and she doesn't go with him. I mean, it's right. like just yeah, pointless. Dropped a whole scene where she has something to do. Uh, it doesn't have any plans, and I'm really, I mean, I'm shocked that you like the end because there's not yeah. a moment that's telegraphed. There's not. And well, the montage is, telegraphs every single moment. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the point, I think. 
Yeah. Well, that, but that's a bore. I mean, I find that completely boring. I mean, okay. that's just something Slaughter S finds actually offensive about it from a filmmaking point of view. He finds it offensive for other reasons. But he says watching the ever invincible John Rambo take out goon after goon might have been fun if it had any sense of stakes. But it doesn't. He just sets up, sets up all his traps. The guys are like, well, he set up a bunch of traps. Let's just follow in the tunnel. And then he and then he sets off all his traps. It's as simple as that. Well, no, it's not as simple as that because it's really it's it's really like uh it, it's splatter gore horror. I mean, and it's not simple. There's nothing. It, it's simple if you want to be reductionist about it. But I thought there was some really clever stuff in terms of seeing him. Why is he putting a hole in the wall? What is he doing with those shotgun shells? Why does he put a carbine over there? Why is there a? Let me tell you this. I think that as an action sequence, it was probably more effective than anything. Well, you know what? I'm not going to go that far. I was going to compare uh, it to. Well, I was going to compare it to John Wick because I think John Wick uh, does does has some great action sequences, but it also is super lazy during some of them. Now, this is different, but I feel like it's the same kind of thing. Like let's let's come up with an inventive way of dispatching a bad guy. Uh, and here, you're right, it telegraphs it because we know John Rambo isn't just invincible, he's all-knowing. He's like a slasher he's in a slasher, slasher right, movie where the right. joke is, wherever you run, the slasher's already there waiting for yeah, you. Yeah, it, it, wherever like, it needs to be. Exactly, and, and, and those are the stakes. You know, you can say there's no stakes in Friday the 13th because you know the teenagers are going to die, and that's true. But it's not about stakes like that. This is not a movie where you're worrying about, is Rambo going to die? Are the traps going to fail? This is a movie about right. it, it, it's a cheap revenge splatter gore grindhouse exploitative film, um, and all the things that you're mentioning, yeah, they're true. Those are predictable. Those are absolutely predictable. Um, I think you should be worried about him dying because it's called Last Blood. I think. Well, I think he. I, him dying should be on the table. I mean, I think he kind of like. My takeaway is that he kind of bleeds out in the rocking chair. Like, that seems to be a door the movie wanted to leave open. But and I think tilting towards... Either, either right. kill him or don't. No, I mean, you can, it's going to be an interpretation like the end of Dark Knight Returns for Kelly. I Mark. wish this movie could use more John Wick. I, I would have transposed those. I would say them in the same breath. Now, I talk, well, there's only one action sequence in this. That's the thing. Is that's this movie? The thing. Yeah, this That's movie is all about the one sequence. John Wick That's is. That's not true of other Rambo's. Not one other. Rambo oh sure, sure. No, action. I agree. Right, even the the one set in Thailand or wherever. This is sure. Straw Dogs, pretty much. Very good, Kelly Wand. It's exactly Straw Dogs. Yep. Now, I mean, Tom, no, did you yes. bring up this movie from a couple of years ago called Revenge by a female yeah. director? Yeah, no, that's ineffective. That talk about predictable and formulaic, but really effective and stylish. Uh, I, I love the performances in it. Uh, Coraline Fargeet, I think is her name. She's well, Coralie, Coralie Fargeet. Yeah. Right, and she's um, got a great eye, uh, just visually. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love Revenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just watched it this week because I remember you bringing it up a couple of times, and I really like the way that movie progresses, especially given what we said about uh, Ready or Not and um, You're Next and the growing competence of a character. Uh, I, I really liked Revenge a lot. Revenge is, yeah, good. Uh, I'm glad, uh, Kelly Wan, you, you should feel ashamed for having not seen it yet. I am. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, I mean, also the thing, Fargeet, Coralie Fargeet is... Uh, like she's a woman, she's and she's clearly been disgusted by these kind of rape revenge, by exploitation revenge films, and I feel like this, her interpretation of it and her approach to it uh, is is really you know progressive in a way, and I applaud it. It's a great bit of work. This movie, super regressive. Like it's super – like the way that this movie refrigerates the woman is so just hackneyed. It is, I know. I mean but that's okay. I like don't that even sort of, mind it. Right. Oh, I don't either. Like, I don't either. That's, that's not a criticism so much as an observation yeah. because yeah. that is an effective formula and there's a reason it's a trope yeah. because it works. You see – I mean and that's kind of too, Kelly Wan, you mentioned being surprised she died. I was surprised as well. Like I didn't think that the movie was going to go that dark. And that was kind of a weird, grim twist. That doesn't uh, happen in Taken. Exactly. Is, exactly. Yeah. That doesn't happen in movies these days. This movie does. This movie is more daring than Taken. Well, and that's well, why we, I call it like grindhousey. Or yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Luke says that once she's kidnapped by the trafficker, she stops being a person. And in fact, when she dies, she's basically unconscious anyway, so she's not even there for her death. Right. No. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, Luke's mistake is to think she was ever a person. She's a prop. Right. She's a motivation, right. and that's the whole point of the trope. Of she's the MacGuffin. No, not even the MacGuffin. That's the whole point of the trope of refrigerating a woman, is the idea is that the woman is killed and put in the refrigerator for no reason. She's not a real character. She's a prop, and her only reason for being in the movie is to motivate the male protagonist, and this is ah. classically that. Gabriella is never a character in this movie. Why is it? Why is refrigerate the verb? Because you take things out of the refrigerator. Uh, I think it's like you so never I think take it's her from, out. I think it's from some pulp crime story where a woman is literally chopped up and put in a refrigerator. Uh, like they highlight that as one of their early instances, like a seminal crime moment. Um, really? There's a famous so, yeah. crime story where a woman gets put in a refrigerator. Well, I don't know about a famous said, one, but it's it's one that gave rise to this. Sparked to a metaphor. Calling, well, so you know when you talk about gaslighting, you know that comes from the movie. Nobody knows what gaslighting means. So it's like, why are you lighting a gas lamp? What does that have to do with tricking me? So she can stay fresh and be brought out in pieces to be used later to motivate the... Uh, oh, lead. I see. Right. Okay. Sorry. Angus answered my question. <laughs> well, but it's also a grim... I mean, it's just like grimly disposing of the female character, making it's it especially... Making it, making it flagrantly violent uh, and, and especially horrific because that motivates the, the dude even more. Yeah. Refrigerating the woman. Okay. Had you not heard that, Kelly Wand? I hadn't, and I, I can't believe I have it. Oh. Well, you know, I, I wonder if, if the whole Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull kind of messed that up. Because Refrigerator now... Refrigerator, be, yeah, that became my go-to yeah, like metaphor plot, for it's, refrigeration. Yeah, it's plot armor. Uh, kind Refrigerate of. the woman. Oh, like I, think that's, I think it probably blood. comes from feminist criticism, I'm guessing. Uh, but it is a trope. Uh, it's as a far creepy as, one. Yeah. It's a creepy one, and I, you know, it, I don't think... Like a lot that, of them. Well, the thing is, like, I don't think it necessarily has to be a bad thing. It's a cheap and easy thing, but it's, it's just an a effective device. thing. Right. It, exactly. It's just a device, and it's certainly, like, if you want to write a feminist critique of, of Rambo Last Blood, you've got plenty of fodder. This is trash in that regard. This movie yeah. has nothing to offer a feminist perspective on the world, and it's not trying to. No, but I wish it, I wish it had aimed a little higher, because, like, we never got to meet Rambo's dad. And these other characters are boring as shit. Like, if you're going to give Rambo other people to talk to, now that uh, Richard Crenna's not in it. I honestly wasn't sure if that woman, like, if he had a romantic relationship with her. Like, I, when she showed up, I was yeah. like, oh, please let that be his wife. It's like June Squibb and About Schmidt being Jack Nicholson's wife. I was like, oh, please let that sort of dowdy Hispanic woman you. be his right. love interest. Because they look like they would be together. He's just so old and ragged looking. So I loved that idea, but obviously there you have a Does dad's friend like that's so I don't, tenuous. It's, like who cares? It really is such like a obviously I can't imagine it's some retconning. It's just a weird device to get him to be around wholesome people who can be right. uh, slaughtered. Because that's the thing in the one in Thailand is the missionaries have to come to him and appeal to him. Right, uh, right. We've we've got to somehow over their heads and don't know it. That's always the theme. Like they're exactly. stupid. And Rambo has to save them because Rambo he has to save these idiots. Right, because his yeah. black heart is in touch with the violence right. it takes to save these pure people. You need a black heart to save a white heart, even though the white hearts are just like foolhardy dumbasses. I guess is what we're supposed to be thinking. Right, like it's she. Actually, it's actually Burma because. Thailand. Yeah, Burma. Right. Yeah, I think uh, this is right. Yeah, and he's just come from slaughtering the entire military of Burma. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's a single yeah. soldier alive in the country. And so we've got to kind of reset him to get him back to living on a quiet farm so that the farm can be despoiled by uh, villains. Uh, and and to, be, to be frank, too, like I, the whole thing about refrigerating the woman was uh, less fascinating to me than this movie's take on Mexico. And that's where... That that's where I was just sort of more uncomfortable is just the, where we are in this country right now with xenophobia, yeah. specifically towards Mexico, just made the optics of this feel weird to me. And I'm not necessarily saying it should be any different. These were convenient villains, and of course they're they weren't even it wasn't even drug cartel. Like it was worse than that. They're they're slave trafficking young girls. Like that's the that's the lowest of the low. The only way you can go lo get lower is right. if they were like infant massacrers like if they were throwing babies out of uh off the roofs of hospitals like that's the only thing lower than slave trafficking young girls uh but but i uh, there were like also this movie represents a border <laughs> where 
evil Mexicans can crawl through a tunnel and get literally into your backyard. Yeah. Like that's the whole that's that's kind of this. He's this, digging tunnels too. <laughs> well, right, exactly. But th- this movie, that's this movie weird. plays into this fiction that yeah, rapists can come here from Mexico. Yeah, your farm can get invaded. By right, it. right. And it just I, that made me more uncomfortable than the fact that this was so regressive in terms of its treatment of women. I think it's too dumb to care about. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like it's way. It's not even that. Like, well, it's, it's too even... dumb to even realize the optics of it, Kelly Wand. I right. Think. Yeah. And also, it, I think it was in development hell for a while. Like, it, it predates the Trump era. And yeah, and I... the, uh, that whole flood sequence was cut, by the way. The flood at the beginning was cut from, it, it was one of the very latest cuts. So maybe in Germany what? it's on there. Yeah, the flood isn't there anymore. The flood? At yeah. the beginning? Yeah. Is it in the movie? They, the, it's like known as the flood prologue, and they just. Yeah. Oh. Did you guys? So you guys didn't see it. No. For a minute, I thought you were doing some meta thing where you were going to synopsize uh, Rambo, the Rambo in Burma. I thought you were doing. No, that. he rides a horse in a flood. <laughs> it's supposed oh, to right. give him this sense of, you know, he's one of the yeah, not uh, Vietnam made him, but he's a really good tracker and he's one of the good ones. He's good in jungles. You know, well, that's like another weird jungles for That's another weird th- thing as well. Like we've definitely generationally lost track of the unique trauma of Vietnam, which is right. what the original first blood tied into. Uh, yeah, he should like, be going to Iraq. They didn't do an Iraq. Well, the thing is Iraq is very different. Like the, for better or worse, the, the, the military, for better or worse, the military learned a lot in, in Vietnam, and, and a lot of the trauma that we as a country and that our military experienced in Vietnam is no longer the case. The military has learned uh, different rules for structure, for drug use in the military, for how to treat injuries, for how to engage in guerrilla warfare in an asymmetrical situation. Like, it's a very different situation for veterans today than it was for Vietnam veterans. And First Blood was all about the burned out, just sort of sad, beaten down Vietnam veteran, um, which is it's not something that I think people who go to movies like people our age barely even know that. Like we were too young yeah. to really even appreciate that. I know. I just got it from the movies. Right. Exactly. Wait, why exactly. were they? Uh, I didn't. I still like even as a kid. I'm like, wait, why are they mad at them? Right. Well, Rambo three does go to Afghanistan, so that's basically Iraq. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He does, but even then, it's Russians. <laughs> Yeah, right. In. It's Cold War. That's the thing is yeah, Rambo Three is a Cold War movie. None of these, right. this, all of this is post Cold War, uh, which is why it's got a hard time fitting in. Like, it's part but, of the issue. I mean, vin- villains used to be so convenient. We had entire empires of them. I know. Now, yeah, and now they're just little. And now they have to be evil cells of foreigners lurking <laughs> in basements or whatever. Yeah. That's the thing. The first two Rambo movies are kind of cartoony. I mean, maybe not yeah. the first one, but like first book part two, and then like Rambo the Burmese one with. Julie Benz is like kind of gritty Rambo, right? Like, like way different from Rambo three. And then this one's nothing. Really. Like I said, it's yeah, it's post nine eleven, post Iraq, post Afghanistan. Uh, yeah, Rambo's got a post Cold War. Rambo's got a different place in the world. But I, I don't know. I think people would have liked it more if it'd been more actiony. Like that's what they. I think people would have expected that from a Rambo in this superhero era. Like, I, I, this isn't even a good Rambo movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like that, that, Rambo really could have learned a lot as far as being more appealing to the audience. John uh, Wick. Well, that's so exactly what I was gonna say. Is Rambo could have learned a lot from yeah. uh, from. John that's what Wick. was killing Rambo for me. Is like yeah. I just seen John Wick again on the plane. And I was like, oh yeah, see, this is a good way to kill two hours. Like, John it's Wick not though even, isn't. But John Wick, though, isn't a – like, this really is just a grindhouse revenge splatter gore movie. Like, just John like Wick John isn't Wick. that. Right, and people aren't yeah, going to like that. That's started. why it got a B in cinema score. Nobody wants that anymore. There's a reason that these movies don't get made anymore. You can plug Rambo. As far as I'm concerned, you should shoehorn Rambo into the Creed movies. Just have it be uh. another coach. Or something. Do a crossover with Predator. I think that was there was a. I think that was a, an idea. Was they were pitching was Rambo was going to fight an alien at a certain point and shit out it. And the thing that Stallone wants to do a prequel with a new kid. A, sure. And as as he goes, yeah, Rambo started out as a really popular, cool kid like Hercules, and then Kill he wants to show that side of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
like the least not... interesting phase of Rambo's life is his popularity for right? um, I'm supposed to go, oh, look, he lost it. Yeah. I have a dumb question. Um, yes. I guess I've uh, just gotten used to you saying it over and over again. Um, can you just make it explicit what you mean when you when you paint with the grindhouse brush? What are you talking about? What do you what do you mean specifically when you say it's just a grindhouse? This is, do you mean if somebody gets shot in the head with a shotgun and their head flies off? Uh, grindhouse is a, it's a whole film aesthetic, and I, I think Tarantino, of course, has popularized it. Uh, with Robert Rodriguez, and there are a lot of cheap, trashy movies that nobody sees. They go straight to video that I think appeal to nostalgia for that film aesthetic that guys like – like when I was a kid, that stuff freaked me out and was really weird and in a weird way kind of traumatic, and it got me interested in, in horror. But Grindhouse is a film aesthetic uh, involving violence and gore and cheaply exploited film devices, almost always revenge – uh, it's a it's a quick and easy, cheap setup. Generally, not that worried about writing, uh, and like I said, almost always some sort of violence and gore involved at the end. Um, and there was a whole like these were drive-in movies. These were kind of like underground movie making. It was a, kind of the equivalent of indie filmmaking, and this wasn't stuff that was getting released into theaters because the channel, the the bandwidth for movie pulp. releases Cinema used to be. Pulp. Exactly. The, the bandwidth for movie releases used to be a lot narrower. So stuff like this would find its way into the, the second feature in a drive-in or eventually like uh, – I don't, I don't know how stuff like this just – like straight to VHS things. Um, but so Grindhouse is, I would just say, a film aesthetic. Uh, and it doesn't work for a lot of people, and it probably shouldn't. It's cheap and trashy for the most part. So is it what basically is it? just treating people as meat? Is that why it's called Grindhouse? Well, I don't know where – like I could explain the refrigerating a woman thing, but I don't know – I guess so, Dingus. I guess you're no, right. It's just That's sausage because it's like low-quality meat. It, well, it's That's also – yeah, like low-quality filmmaking too is uh, – yeah, yeah. So the, the, the treating people as meat for the violence and also Kelly Wand invoking sausage. It's just kind of a factory. Like this stuff would be – it's oh. almost like B science fiction is you'd get guys like Burt I. Gordon or whatever. These entire studios based on just cheaply churning out this crap for a specific audience. And Grindhouse was kind of a smaller version of that. And yeah, it's like making sausage. You don't get filet mignon out of Grindhouse. Right, right. Um, and, huh. and the funny thing is like uh, you know, Tarantino's affection for it has – I think it's just done a lot in Hollywood, and I don't think this movie would exist if it weren't for Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez's affection for that genre and how they've all well, everything's of... a reboot from the yeah exactly they've kind of rebooted it yeah. You think that's a Tarantino thing? All these reboots. Well, I, I think Tarantino kind of led the way. Like, obviously, he—I mean, the movie Grindhouse anyway. People wanted Star Wars. Was such an explicit nod to that. Uh, I think they're the ones that kind of mainstreamed this rebooting of Grindhouse, and it's because of guys like them that we can get a Rambo movie that's just a cheap, trashy, violent revenge film. Right. Uh, I think they've kind of re-legitimized it as, uh, as a, a filmmaking aesthetic. But Planet Terror has more going on in it than in Last Blood does. Oh, Planet Terror, I think, is, is ingenious. Planet Terror is... Uh, Quentin Tarantino wishes he could make a Grindhouse movie as good as Planet Terror. Yeah. Rambo, Last Blood. <laughs> so, Dingus, who did we make see this? Run, run down the, the list real quick. Luke S. Uh, we made Luke S., and he talked about it as offending him. He wants to make it clear that it offended him both as a human being and a lover of films. Uh, <laughs> it's flippant themes like human trafficking and cross-border relations. Uh, in service to the most hackneyed and unexciting revenge flicks in recent memories. Just, he, he can't stand that aspect of it. But he's clear to say that um, taking offense is not something he puts a lot of stock in as a general rule. And he mentions a movie called Climax uh, that he oh. said offended him too. Well, Gaspar number one on his top ten. Of yeah, Gaspar Noe is all about offending people. Like that's oh, yeah, that's Gaspar Noe. Okay. Yeah. So uh, for Lucas, I want to point out the, the whole trafficking of, of women really is cheap. But I want to I want to bring up two movies 
Um, one of which I've talked about recently. It's a little tiny indie film that nobody has heard of, which is too bad because it's really smart and it does some cool things. And it relies on the villain being a, tra a sex trafficker of young women. And it's a movie called Low Life. Uh, with a fellow named Mark Burnham from Wrong Cops, who I just find Ooh. fascinating. So, uh, Low Life, Lucas, you might want to check out. And for a really intriguing perspective on human trafficking, and it's kind of even a spoiler to point this out, there is an absolutely unforgettable Tony Collette performance in a movie with uh, Jack Rayner called Glassland. Uh, so, Lucas, I would recommend Low Life and Glassland to see some interesting ways that this cheap plot device is used. Um, huh. All right. So, who else, Dingus? Did did we get to okay, see this? But he uh, just mm -hmm. finally, Lucas says he gave this movie one star on Letterbox. Um, <laughs> half a star for being in focus, and <laughs> half a star for Rambo doing dressage. Oh, right, right, yeah. Well, or his stuntman, right? <laughs> right. I like that Kelly put it as him doing donuts. Donuts, on right? Horse. Donuts on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, he, uh, I think he says, um, I think it's Lucas who says that he was relieved that he sent the horses off so that they wouldn't trip up the mines accidentally and blow, blow them. How do they know that? Rambo cares about animals. Oh, no, that was John Renincher. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was just relieved that when he set the horses free, they didn't trigger the IED. Oh, right. The <laughs> they didn't run in the wrong way, right? Bad guy vehicle. Um uh, he says, uh, Luke, I mean, sorry, John Renninger says that it was a little on the nose when then a second scene Rambo is back in the saddle and at the very end he rode off into the sunset. Um, and, and he says, I and guess he rocks. I guess he plans for the bad guys underestimating him at this point, which is the only explanation of how stupid it was to walk into the bad guy's house on the hill. <laughs> if you wanted to be charitable, you could say that that was a recon run. I guess. Really? I mean, why? Why make all that? Why make yourself have to clean up all those bodies and rebuild your farm? I mean, just blow up their house. You're there anyway. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, well, the whole stupidity, the whole implausibility too of of these idiot Mexicans kidnapping an American girl. Really? Like that's gonna? Yeah. No, that's not gonna. And then and, taking guns to Rambo's farm in Arizona. Well, not only that, like, how does he explain to the authorities? And obviously, they have a funeral where her her little friends can come over and write on her grave, like, write their little wishes. Like, that didn't raise any questions. There's not a single <laughs> cop in this movie. Right. There's no law. Exactly. It's a lawless yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. It's Fury Road. So. That's why I was surprised to find out it was Arizona instead of Texas. And when he's driving her body back, I'm like, how are you going to get her across the border? Oh, you're just going to drive through the bob wire fence. Okay. That works. Yeah. <laughs> there is a scene. Oh, I take it back. There are some Mexican cops in a brothel scene where a guy screams and the cops all start raping the prostitutes. I forgot about that. There is that. That didn't make it into the offices because I couldn't think of a joke. Wait, what? In in this movie? Yeah. You don't remember that part? When he's when he's when he's you were never really hearing the the brothel. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, so. I, I don't. <laughs> I saw a hammer in a movie. I think I'll use it. Um, <laughs> uh, kind of liked that. I thought for sure, Kelly, you were going to reference uh, when Hugo Martinez shows up, the the other brother that's not the thin one. I thought you were going to reference Jon Snow because there's a couple of shots where it look, he looks just like uh, Jon Snow Yep, me. yep. <laughs> yeah. Kelly, one, did you see You Were Never Really Here? No. Oh, dadgummit. All right, I'll write it down. I also have The Hunt written down to watch. Um, why? Oh, you told me, did you tell the me The Mads Mickelson thing? I mean, yeah, it's great, but I, I, it's not necessarily No, I have you. it written down. Okay. The Hunt? Yeah. Dream Door. Kill Command. Kill Command, South yeah, Bond. I remember that. I remember that. It must be another Hunt. die movie. old. Just watch Vinyan. All right. <laughs> Uh, that's all we had. Yes, and John Renner. All right. Well, next week, let's do something a little calmer, a little more domestic. Next week, we're going to do a three-by-three three about children being tucked in 
to go to sleep at night. It's something we've all experienced. It's something that Dingus has done many times for his child. Many of you listening, you've tucked in children. So when you see those scenes in movies, you're like, oh yeah, I relate to that. I understand that. Tell us about one or two scenes like that that come to mind, if any. Maybe some don't. In which case, tune in and we'll tell you about some we thought of. So if you can think of any children being put to bed scenes, send those to 3x3 at quarter2three.com. You've got to spell out quarter2three.com. You know that by now. Uh, and we'll include those on the air. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. And then probably in the near future, uh, I'm just peering into my crystal ball. I'm guessing there will be Ad Astra and Midsummer episodes Aww. coming up. Fingers crossed. We'll see. So join us for that next week. Uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Mraliski. It's Christian Mraliski. And Kelly Wand. I feel bad for these aging action heroes that are trying to cash in on their past glories. South of the border, down Mexico way. Dangus, in honor of our shared love for rhinestone, I shaved my testicles and crazy glued rhinestones on them. You're going home. You're safe now. They look like that invisible sparkly man on that show Land of the Lost from 1978, the year I made my first kill. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared. Then lucky observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, Yes, sir? Walter, that's a question. That is correct. I'll just keep saying dumb shit till you crack. <laughs>